to all you people that were watching us yesterday, I don't know why the Facebook feed cut out, but thanks to a bunch of people that send us notes, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. That's all we can do. That's all a man can do. That's all a man can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stay on top of it. <laughs> well, I just realized, Dan and Fred, is it Fred? Yes. Still. Um, I just realized at the top of my, I don't know if you guys can see it, but at the top of my Zoom screen. There's a little live button. There's a little live Facebook button there. Yeah. Um, and I just noticed it for the first time, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. So I'll be able to see if it kicks us off again. I don't know why it did it. So I guess we all agree, all three of us, are to keep looking in the upper left-hand corner and make sure that the little live button <laughs> Can on. you guys see it, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then somebody keep an eye on it. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, we need an update here. Uh, we were just talking about Clifford the Big Red Dog. Dan's right. uh, sweet animal that was staying here in the... Is a particular favorite of yours, Freddie, because he's such a staple at the uh, lake. Yes, sweet, sweet Cliff. What's the deal, Danny? Well, I was worried there was going to be something chronic, given that Clifford is 13 now. And uh, as it turns out, the vet said, well, that's sad. I don't think that that's the worry. I think he's injured his back is what the the doctor had said. So there's some sort of like, you know, in any human, it's a very, very painful experience when or it can be if you just slightly injure back just the wrong way. And then and that's what she thinks. You know, he's been, he's been sliding around on floors lately, I guess, as the, as the, as the season changes, I don't know if his feet get drier or something like that, but the, uh, the laminate floors that he's been near, he's been sliding around on those stairs coming up and he just uh, freaked out a couple of times. And that maybe in doing that, he, he hurt his back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, anyway, let, let's correct the terminology. You 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 said chronic. Um, you know, it could very well be chronic if it's a, a back injury. You mean it's not terminal? It's there wasn't something in there that might like it wasn't cancer or something. Oh right, yeah, okay. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, it, going into the vet, I was you know wondering all the I've right. got an old dog kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Wondering whether or not I'm going to have to, you know, this is the time to start right. thinking about those. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. But that times. back injury, I mean, at his age, could very well mm. be a chronic thing now. Well, Hopefully. I just thought of the fact that, uh, you know, ha- ha- having spent most of his summers mm-hmm. outside on ground, pretty low, you know, at the trailer, he's not going up and down any stairs. And then all of a sudden, the last month or so, he's been living oh, here yeah. and living at Lisa's on the weekends. So. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh no! You figure at your place during the week, all of those stairs—that's putting a lot of pressure all of a sudden on that hind end. Oh yeah. Because he doesn't go up the hill a lot at the trailer and stuff. He just sort of lays around and walks around, and he's on my deck all the time. So all of a sudden now he's got all those levels of stairs at your place, and there's hardwood floor. And as Dan said, he's slipping around. Dan and I were talking about a half an hour ago, and the way Dan put it, he said, you know, you, and it's, listen, it's something we're all going to have to face, but Dan said, you know, you were wondering if this was the time that, you know, this was the injury that you were going to have to put the dog down, and I said, my daughters, they don't think the same thing. <laughs> They're like, is this the one? Is this the time? Is this the time, Dad? Is this the time that Dad's heart's going to give out and we're going to have to put him down? 
You have to make some decisions. <laughs> oh, but that's right. <laughs> you have to make some tough decisions about Dada. That's good news because I was yeah. holding my breath. I was afraid you'd go there and they'd say, you know, there's a growth on his hips and it's, you know, because a lot of those old dogs, that's often what gets them and a cancerous tumor somewhere. But uh, that's good if he's clean and then, uh, you know, some painkillers and watch what he does. Hopefully he'll be good to go. Yeah. So, so the dog Robaxaset or whatever that is, that, you know, muscle relaxant, he's got that. Robaxaset, uh, I think is what it's called. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. it starts with an R. No, it's, that's a joke. Robaxaset. See, because Bark oh, is. Yeah, 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 no one got yeah. that. How does no one get no, that? That was, I did that for both of you. Well, because we always slur our words. <laughs> I don't even think that's funny. I just thought you two might, especially you, Patterson. I'm like, oh, this will be good. Robaxaset. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just assume that, you know, every couple of seconds. Um, that's uh that's another thing too you could probably have gone and got over the counter roll back the set at uh at a fraction of the cost that you paid for that dog medicine yeah but so be it but so be it and so i'm supposed to keep him you know like uh relatively immobile for a week lots of rest no you know running around or how do you do that well, he, first of all, Dan, it just, he doesn't really run around too much. I mean, I know, you know, here, once he's on the main floor, most of the time he doesn't move around too much. That's true. But, uh, but, he, and, but you know, on, on walks and stuff, he's pretty yeah, lively yeah. as a dog For sure. walk. So those those are off. But you're right. He doesn't like. You know, I just worry. Like when we're not here, if I'm not here, you're not here. I just worry because sometimes, you know, he'll take himself up to your room. So that's another uh, flight of stairs. Yeah. Although I I went on a walk this summer and where we are, there's a big escarpment or hill behind us. And then down from us a bit, there's a road that they've carved up the side of the hill. So you can go up and there's a look out there. And I took him for a walk this summer and I was halfway up that hill and he stopped. Right. And I kept walking and I turned around and looked at him. He was just sitting there because it's a pretty steep, long. He's like, you're on your own part of it. I finally (laughs) coaxed him up there, but halfway up, it was like, no, no, I'm done. (laughs) Well, I, you know, using the dog a year math or dog years math, Mm -hmm. he's 91, you know, 13 year old dog. That's an old dog, especially an old big dog. You know, like our dog, Tucker. You know, which I sold to Randy. You know, that dog lived 16 years. When it died, it wasn't really doing much other than wheezing. But it still was alive for 16 years, which is very unusual. But little dogs tend to have a little longer lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Do you think that the seven year per year, uh, human year is accurate? It's loose, Dan. It's a loose thing. You know, it's a, yeah, I've, I've heard some people talk about it. Not yeah. It doesn't really line up. And it's, it's sort it's of. Different, different breeds, like bulldogs, you know. If you, they get, if you get 10 years out of them, you're lucky. So it, that whole thing, I guess they die at 70 then, or yeah. do you have to rework the math? It's a, Dan, it's a very loose formula. I uh, had a chance to visit with somebody in uh, San Miguel de Allende who yeah. has uh, Great Danes and their lifespan is about seven to eight years. Oh, yeah, man. Because they're huge. Oh, you're in trouble, Dad. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> that only took seven minutes and 53 seconds. Wow. That was early. That, you know what? That was early today. That was early. Yeah. <laughs> well, big animals like horses. How long do horses last? Yeah, but horses aren't dogs. Do you know that? Horses are different than dogs. Aren't horses around 30 years? Can't they be? No, 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 no. I had a, again, 15. I had a horse. The first horse I owned was 15 or 16 years old. I bought it when it was 13 or 14. I had it for a couple of years and I traded it in for a younger model. Sound familiar? Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, horse. Hold on. Average lifespan of a horse, 25 to 30 years. Really? Yeah. Well, I did. I thought. I thought in the teens was a, an older horse. No, well, I'm just going. Listen, my research indicates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've your been extensive working on a report. I've been working <laughs> your, on a report. Your my extensive re- research. And my research indicates, after you know this extensive work on this report, it's from the <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be all his studies. Patterson, I'll expect that report on my desk by the phone by the morning. <laughs> I know Lori Lovell listened to this, and when you said 15, she probably pound the radio. How can you say that? She's in love. Uh, you know, because my, uh, my recollection is the first horse I had, I got rid of when it was 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second one I got was uh, a two-year-old uh, quarter horse, beautiful horse. Does Lori love... Uh, where did love you buy him at? The glue factory? <laughs> no, that's where I sent the 50. <laughs> that's where I... You were going to say, hey, before you make turn that into glue, here, I'll give you 50 bucks. That's right. That's... I'll put a saddle on it and be on my way. It's funny because that's where the uh, the first horse was headed. Um, I didn't know that Lori uh, was her love to ride. Lori loved love to oh, ride. Oh, wow. Her, do- her um, niece, one niece in particular is in competitions all the time, all over the province, and her... Um, one uh, niece, and again, I I know them. I've met them. I don't know which one exactly. Sorry, but uh, just uh, was in a big competition at the Royal Winter Fair there last month. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, and yeah. Lori herself, does she? Uh... There was a time. There was a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think but, she. Uh, her she sister. Did. Her sister lives on a, a, a farm with horses, and I'm sure when she's out there, she rides. What was that, Danny? What were we going to say? Oh, I just think I think Lori was you know part of the uh, the horse going traveling from place to place with a trailer kind of thing. Oh yeah, which are uh, mm-hmm. her nieces do now. Who was it in Moose Jaw amongst the uh, group that? Because uh, I know you used to come out to where I live there on the ranch, and I'm not sure if I ever got you on a horse, but I don't think you were afraid of horses. But wasn't there somebody in our group, Lumby or Danny K, that wasn't big on him? Maybe I don't remember that. I was never afraid of horses, but as you know, they were not. I just didn't spend a lot of time with them. Yeah, my mom had a horse. Did she really? My mom had a horse named Scoop, but we really didn't ride Scoop because Scoop was a little bit finicky. It's a hmm. tough horse to to hang. And where did you keep the? You lived on a farm at one point. Me? No, how, uh, Dan. He said his mom had a horse. Oh, you mean when she was a kid? Uh, well, for a long time into her, uh, yeah, she, she, well, we, she grew up on a, on a ranch in Southern Alberta, the one near Milk River. That's right. And, Jim, uh, uh, Jim, uh, cousin Jim or uncle Jim, yeah. uncle, uncle Jim. Yeah. Anyway, I just remember yeah. why maybe it was Kingsbury that was afraid of him because I'd be sitting on the horse and they wouldn't come too close. The, the, the second horse I had was a bit skittish because it hasn't, wasn't completely broken. I just, I don't remember you getting on horses, but I don't remember you being afraid of horses. No. Um, all right. Uh, we got a big show today. Mary Jo Eustace. That whole thing that happened, There's it's made People magazine. They were doing a podcast. 
and on uh, the appearance on our show, Dean quit and then subsequently quit their podcast. And now there's did you read the article, Freddie, that Boone yeah. sent us? And now their son, Mary Jo and uh, Dean's son. Yes. Currently lives with his dad is come out with a statement. Do I say against his mother? Yeah. But, yeah. Against his mother. Isn't it interesting? Social media, podcasting and everything. As far as he's concerned, the kid, this thing is ripped. A family that was enjoying some degree of harmony after a, you know, a bitter split up is now been torn apart by this uh, podcast. Yeah, the uh, kid says in, uh, in a People magazine article, for 17 years, my father has atoned for his mistakes. He has grown so much, blah, blah, blah. Up until a week ago, the two families were living in harmony. With this podcast, it has driven a wedge between our two families and created a divide I'm not capable of mending. Anyway, um, so I thought today, prior to this, was this going to be Mary Jo coming back, kind of a Mary Jo do-over, and that we would have a, a chance to find out, you know, what happened. But now this, and I again, I'm not sure how comfortable, you know, we're going to be, hey, your son now is saying these things. But uh, hey, it's in the it's it's in the internet or it's on the internet, and I uh, I guess we're gonna have to. We're t- this has become TMZ. We're TMZ. We're on top of all the entertainment scandal. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the the Z is for us falling asleep during most of <laughs> most of the uh, important stuff in the world. Uh, all right, Dan Duran is back. Are you going to stay here for both uh, for the, both the beginning and the middle and the end today? You're going to yeah, be I'm gonna hang out for the uh, entire Cause show because people were wondering where the news was. They had no idea what was going on. So, are you coming break. back to the city this week, or will the Clifford thing not allow that? Well, I'm going to uh, keep Clifford close by and probably come back later in the week. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. not today, but he's going to keep him uh, in the uh, car while he does his work. Listen, worst case scenario, you have to buy Clifford one of those dog wheelchairs. They're sort of neat, you know, where they just run with their front car. Yeah, yeah. The wheels, in the <laughs> the wheels in the back, yeah. I'll tell you, although you have a girlfriend, but boy, that just melts the heart of women, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, Great. yeah. Chicks have your dog in a wheelchair. Well, that's what I do. I, I take Stan for a walk in the neighborhood, and I, I put him in one of those things pretending like, oh, yeah, his legs don't work. And meanwhile, he's like, fucking legs work. Just quite a quick trying to pick these <laughs> chicks up. Uh, all right, so let's get started, Dan. This interesting episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, nice and lovely Peterborough, and a beautifully decorated Brampton home basement, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now here are two dinks who had hearts three sizes too small until the miracle of Christmas consumerism brought warmth to their capitalistic dispositions. It's Humble and Fred. On your recommend, thanks, Dan. Dan's news uh, will return, as I mentioned. Um, On your recommend, I was going to watch the election night coverage. Turned it on. Got a bit annoyed. And I thought, I don't know if I want to spend my evening in this state. So I watched uh, John King on CNN and his buddy Jake for about 15 minutes. And then I turned on the Netflix and I watched that entire Robert Downey Jr. documentary. Yeah, I still have a bit to watch. It's uh, sweet, isn't it? 
Yes. So I won't, you know, you, you can imagine where it inevitably goes, but that isn't the point. The point is, it was Sweden. You know, I knew that Robert Downey Jr.'s father was a filmmaker, a sort of avant-garde guy in the 60s. And, and I also knew that one of the reasons Robert Downey Jr. ended up having a pretty serious drug problem. I mean, we all forget that. He was discovered in someone's house at some point in the 90s or whatever it was before he got his shit together and became Iron Man. But uh, it was fascinating, the two of them together and the films that they were kind of both making at the same time. Isn't he right up there with Tom Cruise as one of the highest paid actors now? If you want Robert Downey Jr., you're paying, what, 30, 40 million? Yeah, and, and points on the, the participation and the profits. Um, I don't know if it was just on the trailer or the beginning of that show, too. One of my favorite songs of all time, um, Cat Stevens' Father and Son. I just love that song. Yeah, I was wondering well, what that I, song I was. Have it, I have it on my playlist now. Like I, When I was putting my Spotify together, it was one of the first songs I put on my sort of easy listening playlist. I just, I just, it's just a wonderful song. You know, I, I wish I were playing it right now. Uh, why isn't it playing? Um, no, there's a button not pressed or something of that nature. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I actually didn't press play. You know, it's funny you brought that up because I listened to the song during the the documentary, and I was wondering what I knew it was. Cat Stevens. It's not time to make a change. Oh, I know this song. Just relax, take it easy. <clears throat> this was one of my young, entering high school albums, T for the Tillerman. Yeah. So this song's 50 years old. At least. Find a girl, settle down. If you want. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. <clears throat> Freddie recommended it to me, and I would recommend it. It's called Senior, as in Robert Downey. Senior, Robert Downey Jr.'s father. And uh, to answer your question, $300 million is what Robert Downey Jr.'s worth. There was a couple things I wanted to ask you, though. Why is he always wearing that, <laughs> that weird thing on his head, Robert Downey Jr.? I don't know. Like, he's just one of those guys who's a bit... Likes it. But your dreams may not... So See, now, um, that, that was him singing as a son. Now he's singing, or that was him singing as his father. Now, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. started his Marvel journey with $2.5 million payday for Iron Man. By the time he started in Avengers Endgame, his base pay was $75 million. The star reportedly took in close to $435 million during his time playing the Marvel superhero. So there you go. That's the one thing missing from the documentary that I was waiting for was to just a comment from his father on what Robert became because Robert starred in his father's movies as a kid, like mm-hmm. as a five-year-old. His first line in the movie was, you got any hair on those balls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that never came up in the doc. And maybe they had that discussion. He cut it out. Yeah. But it was just something I wanted to get his father's perspective on where Robert ended up in his career. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not one of much for the superhero movies, but I love the Iron. I loved the Iron Man. Yeah. Trilogy, was it? Three of them? I don't know. But, um, and because of him, I just, just his demeanor and that character I was really drawn to. I really was. I just have to send a message to somebody in the waiting room here. Hang on. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Who is it, Mary Jo already? Well, I don't know. It's under a different name. I'm assuming it's... Mm-hmm. But that album, uh, T for the Tillerman, is just yeah, just an amazing. And then, of course, he became, he ad- I think he adopted the Muslim faith, rejected show business for several years, and now has come back into it. Oh, yeah? In fact, on, on YouTube, not long ago, I saw a recent concert of his, and this was part of the repertoire. Yeah, it was good. Good. You know, not that you're that much older than me, but Cat Stevens, when he was current, was more of my brother's sort of vintage. You know, I remember... I was was 15, like 16, 17, maybe, when that album came out, which would have made you... 11. Yeah, so just, you know, that's a little... That's a little before you get into music, per se, right? Yeah, but I know these songs. Like, I know T for the Tillerman. I don't think I ever worked at a radio station and played it. No. Wild, Wild World was a... Yeah, that was the one I played as a disc jockey. And I know a few of these other songs. Where do the children play? Mm-hmm. Wild World, obviously. But yeah, I'm not surprised yeah. you like him. This was tucked between my James Taylor and my Neil Young and my Carole King. and. <laughs> Um, I'm not getting any response from whoever that is, so I'm just going to assume that's Mary Jo because it's not Mary Jo's name, so maybe she's using somebody else's computer. Okay. Yeah, I just, just logging on before her time yeah. to be safe. So I've sent the message. Um, why don't we uh, take care of a little bit of business, and then uh, we've got a couple of uh, other items before. I've got another recommend uh, okay. for uh, Netflix in a second, but first, why don't you... Uh, what's the other song? Oh, yeah, this is the big one that most people would know. This is a, a definite, you know, easy rock, super favorite. Cat Stevens and Wild World. Boom 97.3. Now that I've lost everything to you. All right. You say you want to stop. Hey, the Chambers plan. Uh, Chambers uh, Commerce Group Insurance plan. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, listen, 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. They've been around for 40 years. Listen, that shows you the stability of this. So if you can, if you have been considering a benefits package for your company, well, this is the way to go because of the proven track record. Brett Tanner, you know, the big fella who's on the show and often talk about it, uh, often talks about it. You know, he he's explained to us, you know, they've done a great job of keeping premiums down because small businesses can't absorb, you know, a lot of increases. So they, they've done a great job that way. So know when you enter this, that is top of mind. You know, maintaining the affordability for prescriptions, for dental, for all sorts of therapies, uh, an HR component. And now since COVID, a mental health uh, dimension to this thing, which is obviously very important. 
Go to chamberplan.ca, read all the testimonials, the names of the people, the names of the companies are all there and how it has worked for them. It can work for you. Chamberplan.ca. You know, people know that we're associated with Kelsey's. I'm uh, meeting a buddy of mine on Friday and he said, where do you want to go? And I said, well, there's a Kelsey's near the golf simulator place and we're going to go hit golf balls indoors. Burlow Indoor Golf, by the way. I'll tell you about them sometimes. But Kelsey's has been Canada's original roadhouse since 1978, inspired by the uninhibited spirit of road tripping. And the classic roadhouse, the rules are different at Kelsey's. It's where you go to eat what you want, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like, by the way, is it, was it the spinach dip that we had that time that you and I were there? I believe, isn't it four cheese spinach? Well, that's what I'm having. Uh, also, fresh double-stacked burgers, two-handed sandwiches. That's what we had. And unforgettable chicken wings fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. Kelsey's.ca is where you find out more. And then, of course, don't forget you can enter to win that Super Bowl uh, contest, Super Bowl 57 experience. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse or go to Kelsey's.ca for more information. So the other recommend I have for you, it's not a great documentary. It's just an interesting story. Speaking of contests, it's called Pepsi's Where, Pepsi Where's My Jet? And I kind of just told you about it at the end of the show the other day. But it's just interesting because you and I have been involved in radio contests separately and together for a long time. So it was about, you know, back in the early 90s, kind of around this time the show took off. Pepsi did the Pepsi was trying to get market share against Coke. And they had like Cindy Crawford and all these celebrities. Michael Jackson's commercial. We all remember the famous Pepsi thing where his hair got set on fire. So around the same time, they came up with a promotion, their ad agency, where if you collected Pepsi points, you could buy sunglasses, T-shirts, leather jackets, etc. And then in this one spot that ran both in Canada and the States, they have this kid arriving at school in a Harrier jet. And, you know, they've done all the, you know, sunglass, T-shirt, leather jacket. And at the end of the spot, it says Harrier Jet because it, it tells you 125 points. But at the end of the spot, it says Harrier Jet, seven million points as a joke. Mm-hmm. Now, in Canada, in Canada, that spot ran with a disclaimer. Either it said just kidding or it had the fine print. Mm-hmm. But in the States, they thought it would make the joke weaker if they did that. And so they didn't have any disclaimer. So this kid sets off and he tries, he he comes up with a scheme where he raises some money because he figures out that, you know, just, he just, just trust me, figures out a way. Anyway, this goes on for years that he's trying to get Pepsi to give him a jet turned into a lawsuit and on and on but it's it's again it's not it's not as good a documentary as robert downey jr but it was just very interesting this contesting mm-hmm. and how people tried how he tried to at first game the system and then pepsi finally went to court they got countersuit as you can imagine in the states but at one point they offered him a million dollars for him to go away and he didn't take it thinking he because the harrier jet was worth at that time about 35 million dollars Anyway, it was very interesting because you and I, again, having been involved in contests before. So you're not going to tell us the resolution? No, I will not. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, because I that I find that very interesting. I will watch that. Well, where's my list? Where, oh, not a list. Where's my thick file of things I should be watching? Oh, let me just add it here on page 460. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm now Mary Jo's there in uh, 10 minutes. Why, why don't we do that? Do you want to start her early, or do you want to just let her wait there? Because we did have some other stuff we wanted to get to, including uh, yeah. including what happened last night. And, and, and well, what happened last night in the Leafs uh, world kind of ties into some Bodog stuff. But uh, you're the one that told me about Mitch Marner. Yeah, last night extended his point streak, got an assist in the first uh, period of a 4 nothing victory over the Dallas Stars, so extended his point streak to 20. And I believe Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. What was his... What was his uh, streak at? I hit the same as Marner's. That's why I, I read this article this morning. I thought you would find it interesting that Marner and Robertson, I think the first time in the NHL where two players were on a streak at the same time. And the, the same thing, number. The same number. I think it was the same as Marner. Well, it came to an end, obviously. They were shut out by uh, Matt Murray, who's turning into quite the story for the Maple Leafs. Like, uh, wow, he's played so well. The Maple Leaf goaltending. But, uh, yeah, Jason Robertson, um, I think he's leading the league in goals. I think he's got close to 20. His brother Nick plays for the Maple Leafs, who's in and out of the lineup. But he's been in the lineup the past couple of uh, games playing, I think, with Marner and uh, John Tavares. And if I can just step outside for a second, uh, give us a little sports comment here. The Maple Leafs defense has been decimated with injuries so rasmus sundin and timothy lilligren have have been sort of i don't want to say forced in the lineup their 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 significance to the lineup has really been enhanced because of all these injuries so playing these guys more with the attitude that you know if i make a mistake i'm going to get benched it's not going to happen because we're so thin on defense has you to watch their growth over the past month or so has been pretty interesting you know going out on the ice and without worrying about if i make a mistake i'm off the ice because that happens with these young guys anyway this nick robertson kid for the leafs i've noticed the past yes i've been watching the past couple yeah i know i was gonna that's my comment on your comment i have i've been drawn in because you know there's been such a buzz and i said well let's see what this is all about because they're but the story has been they're playing differently they're not allowing goals defensively they've really tighten things up because that's all that, that's always traditionally been their problem they have no problem scoring goals is it and the goaltending which i expected to suck has been good so yeah i've watched a couple of games um anyway this nick robertson thing i, I think is the same thing if they just keep playing this kid he will do what the defensemen have yeah, like take it out of his mind that he that he's got to walk on eggshells or skate on eggshells out there right because well, he's earlier, I mean, his reputation was they expected more out of him than his brother, who is leading the league in goals. So, well, that's my comment. I've noticed the last couple of weeks it's come up. You've mentioned it to me, which is why I was watching with interest about Marner's streak. I, you're the one that told me about it, but I've noticed a change in your tone a little bit because at the beginning of the season. You know, famously, you're like, I'm not watching anything until they get past the first round. But you've mentioned to me a few times off the air that the Leafs are on a bit of a roll and that you they've gotten points in this many games. And I 
can feel a, a rekindling of your affection, which is fine. You know, it's a long winter. And uh, if they're playing well, why not watch them? Yeah, believe me, I still don't watch them to the degree that I used to. It was if there was a Leaf game on, I watched it. That's all there was to it. But, uh, like, where did they play? What was last night, Tuesday? Where? Like, I don't think I watched the game Saturday night. But, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. You know, all the things that... Um, yeah, the problems they've had traditionally over the past couple of years, goaltending and defense, they've turned that around. And you know what they say, you know, championships start behind the blue line. Oh, yeah. So uh, they get that in order. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, one, got a lot to prove come April. Just a quick thing. I, I watched, uh, I, got, I saw it on TikTok, actually. I don't know who the name, the name of the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers is. John Tortorello. But there was a sort of 60-second-ish clip of him talking to the team in between periods. Mm-hmm. You should look it up. It's pretty cool. It's not like he's ranting and raving and freaking out, but just him talking to the team brought back so, mem- so many memories for me of our coaches talking to us in between periods. And just, I think you'd really enjoy it because it, it's a kind of a glimpse behind the scenes of, you know, professional sporting team, you think it's all dollars and cents and they're, pro- they're pros. And, but as you just pointed out, you know, they're, they're just human beings. They're just kids. Mm-hmm. And when they're playing to not play poorly, that's a different mindset than to playing to play great. Yeah. But I was, I, what, what struck me by this in-between period, I guess, pep talk or whatever, was just hearing him talk to these kids like they're kids, not guys making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. The thing is with John Tortorella, I think this may have been the, maybe the sixth team he's coached in the NHL. And his act wears thin on a roster. They bring him in. Like the Flyers, the reputation last year was that, you know, they got some pretty good players, but there's no there's no commitment here. There's no real structure to this team. So you bring in Tortorella. Right. And he chews some ass, right? And then But then the message gets lost after a while because he's a bit of a ranter and a raver. For sure. And today's, I, I, today's athlete, it's like, oh, okay, I've heard enough of that. And you, you know, I'm sure you're right. It was very similar to Pat Burns and some other guys like that that come in. And Mike Keenan was another guy back in the old days and come in and yell at everybody. I just thought it was interesting from the standpoint that he wasn't talking to them like they were all, you know, multimillionaires. He was talking to them like they were a bunch of kids playing this yeah. game and he needed them to tighten the sh- their shit up um so that, just, uh, philadelphia flyer team just so you know the great andy frost his son plays in that team morgan frost he's a centerman and looks like he's made the club to stay now that's interesting oh yeah good for him yeah. um mary joe standing by so uh why don't we just take a quick uh, second here and talk a little bit about Bodog because we're talking sports. And when you're thinking about sports and you're thinking about sports betting, of course, we highly recommend a Bodog for that uh, activity. Yes, uh, Bodog. Anything you want to wager on, it's a Bodog. And uh, structured in such a way that, you know, it's easy to participate. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. Uh, from their industry-leaning odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, the NFL back at it tomorrow night. The Thursday nighter will have the line on that. 
Hamara. Hamori. Yeah, last Thursday night was very entertaining. It was the Buffalo Bills game, and I... Who are they playing again? Oh, they're playing New England. New England Patriots. Who are they playing this weekend? Now that it matters to me? Oh, right. You told me that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Jo Eustace uh, was with us a couple weeks ago when I was in Mexico before I had to come back for my near-death experience. And uh, always great catching up with uh, Mary Jo. Are you going to turn your camera on, Mary Jo? Mary Jo, can you hear us? Can you speak to us? By the way, it's the Raiders at the Rams tomorrow. Nice. It's so funny. I, I just have so little interest in the NFL except for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't remember. other. No, I can remember, I should say. It was uh, during the flute. This is how old I am. It really was during the flutie era that I would make a point of watching the Bills play. And there's really no golf on this weekend. So uh, my, my, my appointment viewing for sports will be the Bills-Jets game on Sunday. Sweet little story. Back in the 80s at CFNY, we used to go to Buffalo Bill games, a bunch of us. And then if the Sabres were playing that night, we'd go right from the stadium to the rink and see the Sabres. It was fun. A bunch of us used to do it. But one time at a Bills game, this would have to be the early 80s, I bought a Buffalo Bills toque. It was a cold day, and I wore it that day, and then I came home and I gave it to Danny, and he wore it for years. And it's one of those things that's been around the house now for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And since I've gotten back into the Buffalo Bills, I said one day, i got to get a Bills hat. And Danny said, you've got one. I said, where? And he goes, the toque. I said, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Well, he had taken it down to his condo. And the next time he came to the house, he brought back the Bills toque. So I've been wearing it again. <laughs> it's four, it's <laughs> That's 40 great. years old. Imagine yeah. all, all the uh, fucking hair in there and the scalp yeah. skin. And, <laughs> and Mary Jo, can you hear oh, us? No, I, think the, I think the wife tossed it into the wash. Eh? Nice. Mary Jo, can you hear us now? Unfortunately, I can. Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Can we uh, can we see you as well? There's a nice way to start. You know, we give you uh, another opportunity to come on the show and you start off with the unfortunately I can. Um, Can you can we see you or are you uh, you would rather not be seen today? It's fine. I don't know why my video is not going on. You tell me why I'm on my phone. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Well, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Um, there's only a few people watching on Facebook, and most okay. the okay, most good. the most important thing is that we can hear you. So, um, you know, it's funny because Mike sent us uh, this background, uh, this article, and uh, when we first I mentioned this earlier on the show when we first rebooked you, I thought it would be fun to get you back on the show to maybe talk about what happened. I was in Mexico, uh, you were in L.A. It was early in the morning. Fred was in Toronto. Now I'm back in Toronto. You're in the East Coast somewhere, New York, I think. And originally we Florida, wanted. Isn't it? Why are you in Florida? Or, okay, fantastic. I'm in Palm Beach. So Palm we, Beach, originally, yes. we originally wanted you to back to sort of talk about and, and sort of give the audience a little update. On what happened that day, and maybe we can do a little bit of that. But then now we we read to everyone this article that came out, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not sure if we can talk about that. Uh, the issue, I, I, yeah, I think that. And by the way, good morning. Good morning. Wow. Good morning. I love the Buffalo Bills. I'm obsessed with that team. Just as a footnote, 
Um, as as a Kansas City Chiefs too, I love them both. Those hot quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> you know, they're all super hot. I, I mean, I think it's been insane. It's been an insane ride since we did your show, and you know, it's been an incredible learning experience for me. And remembering, you know, that 17, 18 years ago when my personal life imploded, I had the same thing happen, you know. So I've been through this many, many times. And there's a big divide between what's true, what's fact, what's, you know, um, ingratiated. So you take it all with a grain of salt. And as far as this is concerned, I just, I'm just processing all of this, actually. I'm just processing it because it is only two weeks old and uh it's you know there's a little trauma there so um, i'm curious on the journey i'm going to go through to to uh i I can't say come to terms with it but just to understand my feelings around it because it's been such a bizarre experience you know it's been recreated i i had it a couple of decades ago so it's been recreated and i'm a bit more savvy this time around and what affects me and what doesn't, but it is, it's hard. Has it brought up uh, feelings from uh, all that time ago? Is it, is it feel like, Oh my God, here I am going through all this again. I think, and you know, who's really cute is, you know, Toronto Mike, he produces you guys too. We love Mike Ben. And, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, he's just like this lovely Canadian guy who does great podcasts out of his basement. Super cool. Super chill guy. And he sort of got caught in the eye of this storm. And I swear to God, like every time I talk to him, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe how I feel. I, you know, I feel violated. I feel sad. And he's never been sort of a part of this, sort of the media and like the drama around something like this. And he's like, how did you do this? You know, because it's an onslaught, right? It's hard. Okay. It's hard. Let, let's just sort of um, reload here. So you and Dean were doing a podcast and it was about your breakup and your relationship now. And you had done several episodes, but only a couple had dropped them. And you came on our show and we were asking Dean questions and he just left the show. And we weren't quite sure why he left the show. Now we find out he left the show because those those um, questions were uncomfortable. And uh, he has since decided he wants no part of the of the podcast because it brought back horrible feelings. Um, he felt, again, he, he was reliving some guilt from his behavior through your original problems. And, and is, is that correct? I would say that that is part of it. I mm-hmm. would assume. I, right. I, 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 do, I don't know 100% reasoning, but I think that, you know, to your point, which I thought was super interesting about doing your show, you know, we had gotten some softball media in the states right there's you know there's a protection zone when you when you consent to do an interview you can almost bet right you know with, so i thought it was so ironic that in canada that's where we got like the hardball questions you know like in the hometown that's where they came from and i thought the questions were totally fair and you know went to the narrative of, of what we're doing that we had started from heinous to trying to heal you know so mm-hmm. i thought I thought this was a really great way to set the stage and to show how far we have come. Well, I, so I, I, I was not shocked I, by it at all. Mary Jo, I wanted to just jump in because when we got the note that Mary Jo's coming back on the show, you were a big part of our show many years ago. So was Dean occasionally. You filled in for Fred. We've worked together. We always thought you were great. And when we got the note you. that you were doing a show called X's and O's, thought, hey, this is super relatable because, you know, I'm still very good friends with my ex-wife. She and I just went on a trip together, you know, I, I to, uh, France. to France. So to I France. thought, OK, and, and we thought 
our our assumption, and maybe it was an incorrect one, was that you and Dean, by doing this show about exes and OOs coming together, exes coming together, we all we just thought Fred and I that everything was cool. And you can see why we'd assume that because I know from talking to Mike that you guys had had, a, I think, a bunch of episodes already recorded. So our assumption, again, turned out to be incorrect, was that everything was kind of like all those feelings were dealt with. You guys were now going ahead with this cool, by the way, great idea for a podcast. Yeah, and, and our think, and our critical think, our critical line of questioning that was based on the assumption that's what the podcast was about and that's what we were yes. supposed to or we're going to <laughs> right. talk about. How naive. <laughs> How naive to actually ask right. a question about what we're doing. Well, yeah. screw you two. Um, no, I thought that, I, you know, and, and me doing this, I was really interested in the grit of it, you know, the ugly, the good, all of it. I wanted to talk about it because it was really therapeutic because we'd never spoken about it. So we're going through all these steps as we're doing it and learning and it's poignant and enlightening and all that stuff that it would be if you were locked in a room with somebody um, discussing these things and, and trying to come out the other side. So I was fully prepared for the journey. Um, and that's what I knew it would be. And I knew once we got more into the meat and potatoes of it, that was going to happen. And that was such fair game because presumably that had shown how far we had come. So I was up for the journey and some of it was going to come my way too. I, you know, as far as the media is concerned, I'm a little, I don't really care that much, uh, cause I know the truth underneath everything. So it was a hot button and it just was its demise. It really started. The path down the hill. Did it surprise? <laughs> did that reaction surprise you? Yes. And then subsequently, did his quitting the podcast and saying, "I don't want to be part of this anymore," did that also surprise you? Yes, that shocked me as well. I had a double whammy. I had, um, you know, I had my Canadian connection. Uh, there was a little tension around the interview, and then yes, I found out the night before Thanksgiving. Happy holidays! Um, so, yes, I was surprised. I was shocked. But you know what? One of my friends said, Ray Don Chong. Do you guys know her? She wants to come on your show. By the way, you'd like uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we know who she is, and and obviously she's. Uh, yeah, we'd love to, and I and we're going to get to. Uh, there is an, a ha- there's an not a happy and there's a, an ending to all of this because Mary Jo is continuing and we'll get right. to that at some point. Freddie, you want to say yes. something? No, my, my question would be. So let me have... finish this point, you two. Okay. okay? Go ahead. I'm Go ahead. obviously Go ahead. emotionally stressed. Let me finish this point. No, what <laughs> right. she said We're to triggering. Was, <laughs> I mean, stop. Okay. <laughs> Just stop. Um, my point being, and she said to me, because she's why, she said, well, what did you think would happen? And she said, you know, you put yourself in this situation. You put your yourself in this journey so you got to own it all and take it all and it's true so i'm i'm learning a ton as i go along with it um was i surprised absolutely but now it's a whole different trajectory so i'm like okay i'm along for the ride the whole point was to learn anyway you know okay yeah and you know trying to follow the path here so uh thanksgiving eve or the day before thanksgiving you're talking to Dean. He puts an end to the podcast. What was the definitive reason? I am doing this because. I have no idea. So he didn't give you a reason. He says, I'm just not doing the podcast anymore. That's it. Correct. But I think the inference was the demise was uh, definitely started on your show. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 so it was definitely that. And, and, it was definitely being put into the arena. Of, of having to having to answer this stuff. 
But Mary Jo, as, as I said, I'm going to go back to like the interview we did with you was based. It was all predicated on the idea that if some couple that had been split apart, fascinating conversation, doing all these episodes that we knew were in the can. Our assumption, again, incorrect now, was that at least Dean and you, obviously you, were ready for what kind of reaction you were going to get from people. Our our questions were like, you know, maybe they weren't as... They were a little less softball than maybe the American media, but, you know, we've been doing this podcast for 11 years, and, you know, there's a certain raw... There's a certain authenticity and honesty to it that's way different than our radio show used to be. And so when that questioning, that line of questioning, I went back and listened to it. It was started by me and finished by Fred. But when Dean left, you know, we were sort of surprised because we would have thought, and I think we all now, three of us would have thought that Dean would have understood some of these questions were going to be asked. So he leaves the podcast that we were hosting. He leaves your podcast. Um, I see you had a, recorded 11 episodes. And yes. so in a weird way, it's almost like you're, you, these exes couldn't come together because of the acrimony that was 17 years old. Well, it was an uh-oh. I put it that way. Yeah, it was I definitely said, a big uh-oh. <laughs> I said, we've had a uh, uh-oh. I called it coitus interruptus. And, <laughs> you know, we started, we, we, which it was, which it felt like a total pullout. Oh, um, yeah. Hello. hello. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, far too and, soon. And as I, yeah, far too soon. Not really satisfied. And, you know, we have these nine incredible episodes. And you keep saying... You know, we assume that with this much in the can and we could ask these questions. Well, yeah, of course, it was a natural assumption because it was a business arrangement and it was in full force and doing really well. And we have support in the state. So nobody would, you know, assume. But I guess when you get into this territory, you know, this sort of thing can happen. Um, yeah. But but what was really important to me is I wasn't going to stop doing it just because of that. There was no way I was going to stop doing it. I mean, it was a bit um, jarring. But um, I wasn't going to continue this discussion because I think it's an interesting discussion. And I opened my third podcast by going, I've had an uh uh-oh. I've had a big uh uh-oh. So I owned it. I owned it. Which is great. And, you know, the breakup of a marriage and family, it can be very tragic. And, again, you hope that, you know, things could be mended so there's some harmony. Now, this article we saw yesterday when your son spoke out, it was like, to me, that's tragic. And, I, and I'm and i thinking, is this just another social media shit stain now where, you know, things apparently, according to your son, were going along fine. And now that, you know, a podcast, be it a blog, a podcast, whatever, some level of social media has like, is, is that a serious problem for you? Like what your son said, I just I just felt sad. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I am processing that. And, you know, I love and adore my son. And anybody in my life knows that we're best friends. We talk numerous times a day. Good. Um, I think that the media and uh, the effect of, of this over the years has perhaps been confusing uh, for him. I can't speak for him. I just uh, speak for his right to express himself however he wants Mm -hmm. and, you know, which he did. And, um, you know, I'd like to leave it at that and respect his privacy, even though he did put it out there, but he's wonderful. And I adore him to the moon and the stars. And I think what's interesting is that in, divorced families, you know, the kids can choose sides any day of the week, right? One day Mm -hmm. of the week, it's mom, one day of the week, it's dad. But guess what? Most 
most families don't have access to People Magazine. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, don't have yes. that button to push. So that's that. And that I will say this completely separate of, of, of my son and, and how we deal with that moving forward. The media, there are deals made. There is money exchanged for, for information and to, to leverage. And I've been in it for 17 years. I've, I've seen you can write your narrative if you want, if you have enough power. You can get paid for it. I mean, it's dirty. It's dirty business. So mm-hmm. I, I have been exposed to it for such a long time, and I've learned the cadence of it, you know, what it's, what it's all about. So- and it's nasty. You know, I, I, I've got uh, two daughters that are, you know, we've, my, my ex and I have been apart for 14 years. And, uh, you know, it, I've been so lucky because we co-parented them. We, we spent holidays together. We were never really separate uh, as a family. And I was sort of similar to Fred. I was struck like, what would I think if I saw one of my kids quoted in a magazine, especially knowing you know, how close I am with my daughters and you are with your son. So, you know, there's some pretty raw things said here um, in this article. And I was just wondering, like, so when you first saw this, and again, at some point, even Jack says, you've got to take everything with a grain of salt. But do you talk to him and say, hey, sweetie, you know, what was this all about? I think that number one, I didn't even know about it. Um, somebody sent it to me, and 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 I keep going back to the point that this this me, the media, you know, this this hunger for disgusting content. It doesn't matter, right? Like, so when I see it, I, I have a certain reaction to it, obviously, but I can separate myself from it because I know the truth and the story behind it. So I'm just going to process it and just support my son and you know they'll 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 obviously be discussion that will follow um but you know i think it's very hard and i i think it's really hard to understand when you've been in it for that long and he has my son's been on the cover of magazines he's his his privacy has been infringed upon as has mine when you're in that uh, bubble it's very difficult sometimes to get out of it and understand it's not real it's not real and the damage of what it can do. So yeah. I think that he's had a real induction to that over his lifetime. And, uh, you know, for whatever reasons that he did it, um, you know, I just support and love him. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we will have the discussion and, and things will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well I hope so. But does this yeah. not sort of create a balancing act now? Because I, I just myself, I'm immediately, I think, listen, this podcast isn't worth sacrificing my relationship with my kid. Like, does that not go through your mind? If I continue this podcast and I reveal some things that are a little uncomfortable from a family standpoint, this kid might even get more pissed off. And No, no, because no, I'm not that person. I'm not incendiary. That's not what. So when I came back and did the third podcast, I talked about what happened on your show, which I thought that's fair game. this is this is why it's ending and we're both in shock mike and i were a little bit in shock and but let's move forward and have this discussion can you be friends with your ex so we had ray dawn on for the second half and she talked about it she said like 27 marriages right you know so we had that conversation i had an amazing interview with strombo yesterday and we're going to talk about it and he came on my show to talk about his exes i asked him he went no 
can I swear on this podcast? Of course you can. I can. Yes. He said, no, no fucking way am I coming on your show to talk about that. Well, he did. And Mm -hmm. we didn't, there was not one, now that I addressed what happened on your show, thank you very much, I can move forward. I, I don't have to address that anymore. That's not part of it. Now it's moving forward, talking to people how their relationships with their exes have impacted their life. And, and Strombo, George, was amazing yesterday because he's the ultimate indiscretion and how that set the template for his career and where it actually circled back to. So I'm interested in having smart, interesting conversations about that. As far as the tabloid fodder, I'm not, I don't need to revisit any of it. It's got nothing to do anymore with my actual X situation that's clearly we're in an okay well you're so much more you've had as you said you've had seven you've had 17 years of experience of it and we can't even imagine what that feels like i know both of uh, fred and i haven't talked about this but reading the article i know that both fred and i and probably mike we just wish that the people magazine article had her mention our podcast and his yeah you know it would would have been nice if they had said you know the podcast where all this went you know south was the humble and fred show but it you know that's just a little a little podcast and Canada. Yeah, exactly. And the producer got thrown under the bus. Poor Mike is, you know, and I do want to, to, to Mike, who's just been like the most amazing producer and supportive and creative and lovely. Um, you know, I, I hate that he got thrown under the bus a bit by all of this, but you know, we did a reset for episode three, which was quite as interruptus. And the next one's going to be, you know, love lies in the media with George. And we're going to talk about that. And it has not one salacious, reference or inference back to my situation. I mean, well, aren't we bored of it by already? I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. move forward and talk about other things. Well, that's you know? the f- that's the fine line because as I said earlier, a marriage breakup, it's tragic and a lot of people are hurt through it. I don't really need to hear the 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 dirty details. Dirty, that's probably not the word to use, but you know, the the details of all the personal stuff. I mean, the concept of your podcast, I find that interesting. And on that point, you should have Howard on that podcast because... No, I'm not. So. I, what? I'm not famous Why? enough for Mary Jo. I'm going to no, tell Ray Dawn and Strombo. I don't have the kind of cachet that Mary Joe's looking for. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm 66 years old. I know a lot of people that have marriage breakups. His marriage breakup... You know, it's been the smoothest, most um, interesting that I have ever seen. Thank you. No, seriously. You know, the harmony, the harmony, the logic, the 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 sensibility through it. So you should. Well, I was going to say some 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 go south and go nasty. And then there's Howard. Well, I'll tell you, and and then I always give my ex Randy so much credit because she is. Has and has always been the most pragmatic person I know, beside Fred. And That's she she, she approaches it in a prag. She approached our. We both because of her, we were able to approach it in a pragmatic fashion. But back to what Fred just said, because and again, Mary Jo, I, I don't want to. You're right. The Dean stories is now going to be left behind, but. The premise of your podcast originally, the thing that I'm sure you sold it on, and and the cachet, if there is a word again, was the fact that you guys had had such a public falling apart. And here you were coming back together. Does that take some of the original concept sort of sully that a little bit. That's not the right word either. But you know what I'm saying, MJ? No, I disagree completely. No, I'm, 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 I'm only asking that. I don't think yes, so. But yes. I'm asking, is that yes. some of that, the, the, the sort of the, 
I don't know what the word is. The, 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 some, the, some of the interest in the fact that you two had been on so many magazine covers and the Tory spelling aspect and these two families. But tell me what you think. Right. Of that. I know. I think that this is like a, a well, I think it's a story about forgiveness and human frailty and life and shit that happens along the way. And, you know, good intentions were had to go into this. Right. I mean, you know, as as you said, we have like 11 in the can and hopefully one day they might get released because they're really poignant and really smart and fun and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe Dean will circle back to that journey and want them heard because mm-hmm. it actually puts him in such a great light. And some of the things we talked about, we did a podcast about infidelity, which was super brilliant. So I hope that those could get released. But I clearly had an uh-oh start to it. And, you know, it's a it's a jumping off point for a conversation for a lot of people. It's really interesting in the stories that come out. So I'm excited for the journey. Did, did we have like a, you know, a concept that was locked in? you know, horrible divorce, getting along podcast inspiration. Well, we did, but now that it's veered off into like what probably happens in real life and examining that. So I'm interested in it. I, I'm interested in it. And I'm actually quite happy to leave the tabloid affiliation behind. Good. Very happy yeah, to, so are to, we. To, to, to go forward and see if it stands on its own merit and if people have an interest in it. And if they do, that's amazing. And if not, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride. It's been an mm-hmm. interesting ride. Okay. Well, here's, you know, from an emotional standpoint, here's what I think of. Uh, when you were on last time, you said that you had actually gone out for dinner with Dean and Tori and the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, could that happen today or tomorrow or over Christmas? Or is there a problem here now? Oh, no, no. Listen, it's, it's, it was never a huge part of my life anyway, right? It's not like every day I get up and pray that that happens. So it was something that's happened over the years. And who knows, it could circle back again. But this is a natural direction and order it went. And, you know, there's lots to talk about behind it, but I'm not quite ready to do that. I don't want to do that yet because it's so new. But and of course, anything could circle back that could happen. But that's not my concern at all okay well listen you know, I'm, I'm dealing with what happened and 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 moving forward and exploring that uh, we're happy to promote it it's called x's and o's episode three right dawn chong as well episode four in the can and a little preview of a conversation with uh, george strombolopoulos we're always happy to uh, have you back on our program and you know what dude i'm so glad we got a chance to uh figure it all out and we'll leave all the acrimony behind and uh, I, you know, I, I, I know I'm not uh, certainly well known enough, but I'd be happy to be part of a conversation because well, I, I would love to have you. But let's get the title correct. It's X's and uh-ohs. X's and uh-ohs. What do I keep saying? <laughs> and, uh-ohs. Uh-ohs. Okay. And, okay. And, and George, George is going to be on December 8th tomorrow. So it's going to drop tonight. Okay. Love lies in the media. And he's wonderful. And well, so would Howard be. Howard, you would be wonderful, too. Thank beyond you, Mary Jo. Well, he'd be beyond wonderful because he's a great communicator, but his story is fabulous. Like, it's... Okay. I'm, You're like Howard I'm forever. <laughs> I'm forever. <laughs> Here, here's Jesus. the thing. Here, seriously. Many times I've, over the past few years, Howard will be on the phone laughing and carrying on like he's talking to some one of his best buddies, and I've said... And it's his ex-wife. <laughs> exactly. It's his ex-wife. I'm yeah. telling you. I love that. And I'll tell you, where, every time divorce comes up in a group of friends, Friends of mine, and they find they they all have the opposite story. They've all got horror stories yeah. about their wives or husbands, and I always say, "Well, that's not the that wasn't the route that I took." And I always joke, I said, "It, it saved my children, and it saved us both a lot of money." 
Honey, yes. That's that's the key. No, oh, well, yeah, you get man. the award for the best divorce. Perhaps I get the worst. Okay? Oh, no, Let's no, see. no. That could change no. at any time. Let me any just time. make sure I got the name right. X's and Uh Oh's episode yes. uh, four with George Strombo drops tonight. Produced by our pal Toronto Mike and Mary Jo Eustace. Great to have you back on the program, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take your ease. All right, man. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. All right. Mary Jo Eustace. Uh, yeah, I interesting. Guess this is just about relationships, not necessarily marriage, because Strom's never been married, has he? No, I, I don't think so. Although, you know, it's funny. I, I watch George on. Uh, he does this uh, Apple Music every day. And and he's on my uh, TikTok feed, and I get to see him sometimes live because he's a three he's on three hours earlier than we are. So he's doing a great job, by the way. He's a really good God. He's good, and now he's just doing a music show. Like it sounds to me like he's gone back, and he's you know he talks quite a bit, obviously between songs, but it's on Apple Music Strombo's show, and it's great songs and great chat from just George. Like he's great, lots of greatness. And uh, thanks for saying that. It's great that everything's great. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you said that because I I was wondering, like, I, I, you know, I'm not glad. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, I don't think I'm well known enough for Mary Jo's show, but, uh, but that was very nice of you to say. No, but the story is the thing. Yeah, I know. And you're right. And I'm not going to sit there and, oh, yes, you are. I'm not. Honestly, if this is an American audience, which... You know, they have that impact in the United States, that relationship. Yeah, people may not know who you are, but the story is, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. It's a great story. It just is. Um, and one other note on Mike Boone. She shouldn't worry too much about Mike. Believe me, he likes the attention. It's okay. <laughs> you know, well, that's okay. why I said, you know, I know. We Listen, we all do. And, and when I, I've read yeah. that, that article several times, and it mentions us as a podcast and mentions Mike as a producer, it right. would have been nice for Mike if it had said Toronto Mike. And it would have been great for the, our, you know, maybe some people would have checked us out in the States if it had said the Humble and Fred show. I know you thought that the first time you read it. You're like, okay, they're mentioning us and the questions we asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, that's the way she goes. Yeah, I know. It was, you know, Joe Rogan or, uh, you know, Mark Marin or any of the, any of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. But we're just these little, you know. <laughs> you used a phrase uh, I really like, by the way. And that, it's <laughs> like you said, you know, said shit stain. I like that phrase. It was one of my. Oh, yeah. So I, I like when I hear it in conversation. Somebody's, something happened was a shit stain. I heard something the other day. I was talking to somebody, and then the, the phrase dickhole came up, and I thought, that's a good one, too. I like dickhole. Yeah, I, maybe on some other, other level, but just think if podcasts didn't exist, you wouldn't be going through this right now. Maybe the, some, some other form, form, TV, I don't know, but it's just, it's just so much conflicts often so <laughs> created through the new media but oh well well and and you know i i know i i was going to read some of the stuff from this article but i could see that she was kind of deflecting that and i didn't want to push it but if you if you want to read the article it's uh I, where we have it is on something called twofab.com and just look up dean mcdermott's son jack mary joe eustace yeah it's pretty you know, raw. Again, we don't know you know, a physical abuse, maybe I want to know about it because then you can take your position. You, you should know how horrible this person is or even mental abuse, you know, and that's been in the news lately and through Toronto Radio. Um, those things concern me. But, you know, her conflict with her son, honestly, it just makes me feel bad. I don't need to know all that stuff. 
I just don't. And like, it's not, that's not important to me. And I know the tabloids like it and everything, but again, and I would think a lot of guys, you know, I'm not the type to read People Magazine or the, when those entertainment shows come on at seven o'clock after the news, I want them off. As soon as I hear them talking about Hollywood and stars, I'm creeped out by it. I don't, I'm not interested. Well, I, I just not. I'm the same. And the funny thing is, since we stopped doing a radio show, I have. Mm-hmm. I this is the first time I've seen a People magazine article in right. years. But I don't watch any of that stuff because of what you're saying. It has no relevance to me. Oh. And but as far as this article, yeah, I mean, hear, hearing about conflict between her 17 year old and her, yeah. we don't need to talk about that. But it there it is pretty raw in there saying now our families can't get together and exist. But what I saw just now in our notes from Mike was. This was created by Tori Spelling's PR team, according right. according to Mike, and you can sort of see it's definitely from that point of view. But the fact that it's out there, again, I can't imagine if one of my daughters was talking to the Toronto Star about what was going on in my marriage or my ex-wife and I, like it would be devastating. And I certainly feel violated at some point. Yeah, that PR thing doesn't change a lot for me because I imagine the kid really feels that way. It yeah, yeah. Probably would have. And here's my thing. I don't need to know. Like, it makes me feel bad what the kid's going through, what the kid has said. I'm more interested in if it's going to drive a bigger wedge between you and your kid, is it worth continuing? That that That's my question, Jen. Forget the detail. Yeah, that's a good question. It's just how close you are to your kids and what they mean to you. It's some fucking podcast worth maybe not talking to your kid for the next few years. I know the answer to that. <laughs> and and I thought it was legitimate to ask her, like, when they sold this to somebody, the idea that these two people who had a fairly public falling up, there's some big names involved, and... You know, the connection to the spelling family and uh, all the acrimony from years ago. And then all of a sudden you take one of those elements out. I don't I, I couldn't come up with the word, but it's not as provocative as you talking you and your ex doing a show together. Howard, uh, you it's interesting you brought that up. Very interesting because I I had that question. I jotted it down. I was going to say, aren't you afraid or aren't you concerned that going forward now people will just say, oh, that's just her side. You know, yeah. What does he? Oh, if I had, what, what would he have to say about that, or what would his response be? That's just her side. So, what you just said—that's huge. The depth of it now is really well. It's different. Affected. Oh, sure. It yeah, and and you know, and Mary Jo's a great communicator, very funny broadcaster, and she's going to have on you know fairly well-known people, which is why you know I appreciate you saying that. You should have Howie on, but. Uh, but the, the, the but the sort of premise of the podcast, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to do a Humble and Fred podcast. Oh, and three shows in, Fred's not going to do it. Oh, okay. Well, it's now it's just it's the Humble and Fred show, uh, but or the Humble and Fred podcast. But we're not going to. We're just going to have people guest Fred for eleven years. No, I know, but that you know that's a. Um you know, that's a reboot or a reposition that you can get your head around. With this, it's he it's a he she thing <laughs> based on a you know, a close physical mental relationship where now he's just dropped out of the picture, so anything she says may be held against her. <laughs> but let's wish her nothing but the best. You know? Yeah. Let's you know, let's be though and we do. Like I hope she's very successful and uh, the you know 
the idea, the the premise is still very solid. Exes and OOs, uh, stories about ex relationships and ex partners, still a solid premise. And uh, we wish them nothing but the best. Uh, Toronto Mike will be on tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be having more conversations. Uh, in the meantime, Friedrich, is there uh, is there something I could ask you? Let me see. Let me. No, this is too depressing. This is the uh, love actually theme. Uh, although I do love, uh, there was an ABC special Diana, Diana, Diane Sawyer did. I uh, caught it on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's basically the, the cast of Love Actually 20 years later and the effect that the movie has on people and, and has had be- for 20 years and become a Christmas. It's become one of those go-to Christmas movies. <laughs> and it's interesting visiting the cast members all these years later. Uh, don't forget the retirement Sherpa is standing by. We're going to talk to him here in a second. So why don't you, uh, is there anything you need to do or are you up to date? No, I would normally uh, give a shout out to the Sherps, but he's Well, the here. Sherp's going to be seconds away from the Sherpa. And anyway, if you are uh, if you know the movie or a fan of the movie, go look it up because it was interesting talking to the guy that created the movie and all the different actors that were in it. Yeah, I'm just uh, sort of a, how the how it came about, the premise of it, and how uh, Hugh Grant and uh, Emma Thompson at the premiere, Hugh Grant turned to her and said, "What is this psychotic thing that we've done?" You know, not knowing it was going to have such an impact on people for the next twenty years of their lives. But anyway, it's Look a nice at, movie. What's that? It is, it is a nice movie. It's, yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. We've used that word already today, but it's a very sweet movie. You know, the idea that love actually is all around. Speaking of sweet, warm, fuzzy, all that stuff, uh, please welcome back to our program this gentle, this gentle individual. He's got his uh, background working this week. Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. He is the retirement Sherpa. Good morning, everybody. I, I must uh, sadly admit I'm more of a uh, Notting Hill guy, but that's okay. Timmy, Timmy, your mic's not on. We're just getting... Uh, oh, okay. That's right. We're getting background <clears throat> echoey. Thank you. Yeah, you, what Tim said is he's more of a Notting Hill guy. Love that movie. And by the way, yes, the yes. same guy that did Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, and Love Actually, same writer, same director, can't remember his name, doesn't matter. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just plugging away. I thought it was all good. That's all right. No, Take your time. We're hearing you through your uh, computer, it seems, at this point. So there's one little click. There's here. a click away, uh, my friend. Just <laughs> click it. Sounds like a uh, Debo song. Right? <laughs> oh, I know what I did wrong. Okay, there we go. Thank you, guys. It's not back yet. I know. You know, okay. Oh, there we go. There that, we go. That just that just served to build some tension. That's all right. Woo. Nothing wrong. Boy, with oh that. boy! First prices of the day, and it's not even nine o'clock here yet. Yeah, and I like Notting Hill uh, for a, a couple of reasons. Is that it's probably Julia Roberts at her absolute juiciest, and the premise is so great that a common dude could somehow end up with Julia Roberts. I think is every. Is one of the drawing, you know, 
compelling parts of that movie premise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no Christmas vacation, which we're getting ready to, <laughs> to look at in a few weeks yeah. for, uh, for Christmas with our family. Although, you know, Friday night I watched The Grinch with the kids, the Jim Carrey one. How good yeah. is he? Oh, he's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, it is. He's so good. He's something else. So yeah. good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's funny what becomes a Christmas tradition, as Timmy just said, Christmas vacation. But, you know, that special with Diane Sawyer, who also looks great, by the way. I don't know, she's 75 now, still looks fantastic. But it just kind of reminded me that that movie, Love Actually, you know, it's just become like the Christmas go-to for a lot of families. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those movies once a year you can sit and watch and really enjoy. And Kira Knightley, oh that was one of her first breakout movies. And, and I then, can still once a year watch It's a Wonderful Life from oh beginning yeah. to end. I, I can do it. And they showed, Timmy, all these people on social media that sort of replicate the prime minister dancing scene. But the most one, the one that's most repeated is the guy is coming to the door with the, the, the um, cards and it says, say it's Carol singers. And he, he professes his love for Kira Knightley, but he doesn't want his best friend to know that that's why he's always sort of prickly to her. Anyway, it's, it brought back a lot of memories. And, uh, and again, he reminded me that he did Notting Hill as well. So uh, where, how are you doing? My friend heart buddy. Yeah, I, I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, after this, my appointments don't start till noon, busy day, but uh, going to go walk to the clubhouse, to the gym, work out for the first time down here, and try to make that part of the routine. Just the energy's a lot better, thanks. Um, been golfing more in a week than I did in a month in the summer, so uh, these are good things. How's your uh, blood pressure? Is it pretty good? Blood pressure's always been good. It, good. It's a pulse. So I finally had... Uh, you know, we can talk old guy uh, prescriptions here, but anyhow, I, I just finally had uh, digoxin added to my uh, repertoire a couple of weeks ago, and and that's helping out. So maybe that's part of your solution. Well, I tell you, I was telling Freddie, I'm going to see my cardiologist today, but I saw my GP yesterday, and I was in his office and sort of bringing him up to date about my condition, and he took my blood pressure, which was fantastic, my resting heart rate. But best of all, my uh, he listened to my heart, and I'm not having any currently having any arrhythmia. So that's fantastic. I feel left out here. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, poor. Maybe I should get a tumor or something. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they're, they're talk, talk about FOMO. Yeah, you guys, what's, I, I should have a cardiac problem too. And yeah, we could talk about your TERP operation again. That's always exciting. Oh, it's over. Uh, let's talk about uh, mortgages and uh, what role they play in uh, in a financial plan. I just picked that out of the air. It was, <laughs> it was there's a segue. What a great idea! Thank let's you. That. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, it's probably one of our biggest expenditures every month, uh, along with all the uh, joyous news we've been having for the last few months over interest rates and inflation and cost of living and. All that good old stuff. Uh, obviously, mortgages have really been affected, right? I, I mean, for a few years now, the government's been doing those stress tests when you get a new mortgage and you had to qualify for the five-year rate. Well, that was pretty good on their behalf because people's rates as they're renewing are definitely going up appreciably. Or if you've had a, a variable mortgage, uh, it's been going up uh, repeatedly throughout this year. Yeah, lines of credit in particular, eh, have uh, been affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everything's up sizably, of course, right? We actually have a, a unique situation right now 
Uh, we have what's called an inverted yield curve. So interest rates over the short term are higher than interest rates over the longer uh, term, which uh, shows we probably have some choppiness ahead, but it also shows that this is thought to be more of a temporary than a permanent situation. You know, I always say we're all entitled to our opinions and some are better than others, but if you look at what financial institutions' lending rates are, they're not guessing as they're making these things. They're they're using a lot of facts and figures and analysis and intelligence to to do that. So they're they're saying this is temporary, but it exists right now. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, at ten a.m. to uh, Bank of Canada coming out with their latest hike. Uh, the question is: Is it going to be a quarter or a half? Let me ask you about a tipping point. Um, you know the old uh, idea that. When mortgage rates are really low, it's better to maintain your mortgage and make those payments and invest that money in stuff that yields higher, right? But when does it become you should pay your mortgage instead of investing? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I I think we're kind of there right now where it's much more of a deeper dive uh, than normally. But, you know, the flip side of that, though, too, is that Markets haven't done that well for the last year. So if we're looking forward, which that decision you would make, you should be looking forward. Uh, yeah, rates are high, but the odds are pretty good. The markets are going to have a good bounce back as they already have for the last few months. I mean, no guarantee that will continue, but mm-hmm. uh, that's got to be part of the thought process. So I'm actually having a conversation with clients this afternoon uh, ripped from the headlines of uh, the newspaper or whatever uh, that are doing a big kitchen renovation. And, and so they're talking about, hey, should we access our investments? Should we use a line of credit? And it, it's it's pretty close to we're not quite sure right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you mentioned, uh, maybe, maybe I read it in your newsletter, but I read this uh, the idea of this inverted yield uh, as it relates to bonds. This is very unusual because normally – they're a pretty safe bet. But you bring up the idea of paying off your mortgage versus also keeping some aside for the market rebound. What about mortgage brokers? Um, are they someone that we should be uh, talking to as well? Well, I definitely think so. That's going to be my next notes from the Sherpa, a common friend of ours who's a great uh, mortgage broker. And I, I've uh, referred some clients. Uh, You're talking about Michael Kazarian? Michael Kazarian, yeah, with... Uh, you know, very happy with the results and all. I, I mean, listen, there's tons of great people working at banks. Um, but to some degree, it's a little more of an adversarial relationship in that if if you win, maybe they don't. Whereas with a mortgage broker, he or she is shopping on your behalf with dozens of different uh, mm-hmm. institutions, all of whom want to probably be a little more aggressive to get your uh, your business so on average i i've seen people been able to get uh as low if not lower a rate which is a big part of the process uh through a mortgage broker it's so it's weird you brought up kazarian who's a golf buddy of ours and i just talked to him a couple days ago because uh <clears throat> excuse me we played a song that his wife andrea England has a release for Christmas. And so I'd mentioned to Andrea about me in a heart, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Kazarian and I were talking and I said, you know what? 
you know, we should have a conversation from time to time with you about mortgage mortgage brokering because I said, you know, Timmy's had great success with our audience and I'm sure people would be interested to know that there are other options than just default going to your bank. Yeah, I, I've uh, talked to them a few times and will continue to. Yeah, it's been fantastic for me. Humble and Fred works, I think, is the uh, little phrase there. But uh, it, he, he'd be great for it, at it, for you guys, for the listeners, for sure. So uh, hopefully uh, 2023 can be the year that, that that happens. But just think of the dynamic in general, right? You're kind of going yourself against the institution Mm -hmm. whereas this way you've got a trained professional who does it all the time working on your behalf so you know it's no different frankly than a financial advisor in a lot of ways you you have the trained professional using more logic than emotion they flex those muscles every day and and we're on our client's side i mean people just uh overreact to uh, it's funny i mean i do often golf in the morning when i'm down here uh, and and do the appointments in the afternoon and send my email in between all that stuff. But I'll I'll have my golfing buddy go at ten o'clock. How's the market doing? I'm like I'm not looking at the market. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Why would I look at the market at ten in the morning? Who cares? Hey, listen, uh, I when I was a sportscaster and weathermen go through that as well. When you're a sportscaster, everybody every moment they talk to you, they want to know what you think about you know the Leafs or the, the Argos. And it's like, you know, I'm not, t- I'm not plugged into this 24 hours a day. <laughs> and remember when Apparently we should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember, remember Dave Duvall used to tell us those stories. Oh yeah, that's Could right. Be, you know, and, uh, be in the supermarket, people come up mad at him because the weather was. <laughs> That's right, angry. Uh, any final thoughts here? Uh, you you mentioned that uh, insurance with the mortgage or separate. I know when I was younger, I had mortgage insurance, and uh, not everyone does. It's not a good deal, is it? Well, yeah, we've talked about it before, but it's always something to remind people of. You're in control to oversimplify when you've got the the insurance separate from the mortgage. Your institution has a little bit of hand in things if it's with it. And again, on average, uh, I hate using the word cost, but the value is better to have it separate. Again, you can shop all these different insurers and get the right. It's kind of interesting. The same amount at different insurers will be different at different times because they're all setting their their prices with their own actuaries and all. So uh, again, to have a pro helping you shop around on that is is definitely worth it, and 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 you uh, you win, you enjoy and profit. Well, always a pleasure catching up. I'm glad that we had a little heart to heart talk. Get it? Uh, and glad you're doing well. I'm I'm so happy for you because I know it was a bit of a bummer this summer when you didn't get a chance to play too much. Yeah, yes, it was. Thank you very much, and of course, uh, best wishes for your learning journey today. Yeah, there. I can't wait. And Fred, maybe, listen, if you're lucky, one day your heart will go haywire, too. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I can wait. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And as always, the last word to you, Professor. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Great to see you guys as always. And uh, have a fantastic week. I'll look forward to listening to the rest of the show. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks, my friend. Take care. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dan Duran signed in there a second ago. What were you going to say? I was going to say, you mentioned uh, uh, the movie Notting Hill. Yes. You know, the porn version of that? <laughs> no, it's the porn version. Naughty Hill. It's <laughs> a good one. That's almost, you know that as good as, it's almost as good as... That's <laughs> the... <laughs>
it's almost as good as Robarks is a <laughs> naughty hill. I don't know. Like, why not? Um, <laughs> why not? Why not? You know that whole thing guys do that. I've seen them online. You know, you're supposed to come up, you get a movie, and you give the porn over. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of one now? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about a, uh, a film I saw recently with these two Russian ladies. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, they were, they spent a lot of time uh, getting to know one another, is all I can say. And uh, they were very... This is a very friendly encounter. I know, Dan, I'm the only one watching porn. <clears throat> um, yeah. Daniel. Yes, Howard. So you're uh, going to uh, do the news now. That's going to be okay. great. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to wrap this uh, up tomorrow. We've got, uh, and Dan will remind you at the end of the show, but tomorrow lots of your emails have come in this week, some different subjects. We, uh, we got some great uh, stuff. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. And uh, Boone will be here to uh, kind of put a, uh, a point on the uh, Mary Jo stuff and get us ready. And uh, well, tomorrow we'll just uh, remind everyone when our, it's not our Christmas get-together because we're not really doing that. But uh, it'll be our last show. Who's going to be on it? We'll uh, give you that information, okay? Okay. All right, Dan. All right. Dan, all all right. sounds great. I'm sorry, Dan. sir. Yes. Oh, that sounds all good. Pretty all right, buddy. Pretty now, bad. here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low Now live from Lisa's place Keeping a watchful eye On Clifford the Big Red Dog Here's the Big Red Dan Duran An Edmonton counselor Is trying again To get the Edmonton Coliseum Torn down now, after the Oilers moved to their new Rogers Center, I think it was 2017, uh, just off of downtown, the Coliseum has been costing, they closed the Coliseum, and it's been costing the city a million bucks a year just to maintain it, to keep the heat on, to make sure that the thing doesn't fall over and hurt somebody or whatever. The original estimate to tear it down was $12 million. They've let it go so long. Now it's $35 million to tear the damn thing down and considered an eyesore by a lot of people. Yes, and I, I, I don't know. I, they, when they make these new stadiums, they should always include in, in it a plan to what they're going to do with the old one. And if tearing it down is part of a big cost, uh, a big item like it is now, that should have been part of the whole, you know, $600 million that they were uh, throwing out there to build a new one. And if it ever makes sense, I have no idea. Yeah, usually they implode them. And uh, However, is there not an argument? for that to be a historical site i mean that's the home of wayne gretzky and where so much history took place i don't know or you know they could turn it into like they did with the gardens turn it into a department store or a mall or it's pretty far out of town if i do recall it isn't it down it's well it's near the exhibition grounds oh okay it's near i remember when i was a kid they were, I think it was around the time they just finished it or a building, and I was a parking lot attendant when they were building what was the Capilano Freeway, which turned into Wayne Gretzky Way or something mm-hmm. like that. 
um, uh, so you know, walking around the dirt around the exhibition grounds there it was all a very big thing when that that thing was built. for sure. Uh, you know, and I'm wrong. I, I I was thinking more of the Edmonton Airport is out of town quite oh, a bit. Oh yeah, the airport's yeah. way out. Yeah, you know, the Coliseum's like, uh, within the city. It is because that to me that sort of tells the story. If it hasn't been, the land can't be that valuable that it's still standing. You know what I mean? You As in somebody hasn't bought it and turned it into yeah. something. Yeah. Like, we want that land, so yeah, we'll get rid of the building. But I'll tell you, if they do implode it, let me know when, because I love watching that shit. Yeah, man. me too. When they implode buildings. That's oh, cool I, shit. Just the other day, I watched Texas Stadium again. I was reading something about the Dallas Cowboys, and they just had the little thing when they imploded Texas Stadium. It's great. It's three, two, one. You see all the sparks, and then the thing falls in. Yeah, like the World Trade oh, Center. Yes. You got to do some uh, some explosion tourism. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, just like the uh, towers fell down, all those uh, explosions. Uh, Dan Duran, will you, do you, will you favor us with a second story? Certainly. Hang certainly. on a second, then. Dan Duran's second story, but first, this message. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And now, with news and views and his second story today, here's Dad Dredd. Okay, everybody's been talking about this. Finally, the Trump org has been convicted. But Trump, not so much. No. Yeah. Yesterday, while Rudy Giuliani was defending his law license and Herschel Walker was busy losing an election, two Trump organization companies were found guilty on all charges they faced of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. So it was the company, not the guy who signed the check, which was Donald Trump, of course. Uh, They could face a maximum of $1.6 million in fines, which is kind of light. Yeah. Ask me. And the dude's going to jail, too. Alan Weisberg apparently is going to be sentenced in January. He's going to go into, like, real jail. Which is astonishing me that, that, that Trump hasn't, that somehow Trump has weaseled out of this, this particular thing. I don't, I, like, if, if you are guilty and you are signing the checks, if the corporation, which is a person, is guilty, but somebody is signing those checks, why wouldn't that be something that he could be convicted on? And I, why, 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 why? I said to Howard before the show, I'm so tired of the Donald Trump impending lawsuits or impending charges or impending indictments. I'm tired of it. It's just years and years. And it just makes him look right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. He he keeps talking about his innocence and witch hunt and everything. You know, for every day that it goes by that he's not indicted or charged with something, he looks right. It does look like a witch hunt. At what point are they going to charge this guy with something? And well, it, this, this story yesterday, when I first saw the headline, I'm thinking, oh, wow, we're getting somewhere. And it's like, okay, the Trump organization, as you said, the, the figurehead, the guy at the top who's responsible for everything, he weasels out untouched. How does that work? Plus, they are. I know it's and it's also aggravating because he plays the system so well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the next thing is going to be that the attorneys of the organization said that they do plan to appeal. I don't know what the grounds would be, but they plan. I, I suppose it may be uh, easier down. Like, they're, the whole Trump organization is, like, all the, the kids are all involved in this thing. So how oh. they're not mm-hmm. drawn into something legal, mm-hmm. 
But maybe it's just we have to wait and see. <laughs> Even there was another story yesterday. The January 6th committee is going to recommend a criminal referral. Yeah. And Donald Trump might be involved. Well, number one, why might be involved? And if he is, it's just a criminal referral. They have no power. It's just a referral to the DOJ. Yeah. And it's like on and on and on and on. When are they like seriously? You know, I, I just I, I know what you were saying. I just went off to have a leak. But uh, okay. there's 17 charges of tax fraud and falsifying business records. 17 charges to the number two guy in the organization behind Donald Trump. And of course, in any time <laughs> Donald Trump is uh, charged or convicted, you can. it's a list of things you know he's going to say. Witch hunt, politically motivated. I don't know the guy. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And sure enough, those were the, he basically was saying, you know, like, I don't know what was going on. You don't know what was going on in, a, in a, your tax fraud and falsifying business records. You'd think you'd have a clue. Right. But how do you argue if the powers, the most powerful justice people, figures in the country aren't charging this guy? How do you come away with thinking Trump must be right? There's nothing there because they're not doing anything. It's just well, well, I disagree with you there. I think that Merrick Garland is about to that January 6th committee. Um, and as I told you, that smart woman that is uh, the prosecutor or the DOJ or the attorney, I don't know, the woman from New York, Lolita Brown or whatever her name is. They're not stupid. They, they've got they didn't do this on a whim. OK, but how long have we been talking? About this? Uh, yeah, but this but this is unprecedented. This is the closest they've ever gotten to actually. To convicting something that's in his organization. But yeah. here's the thing. They could convict him. It wouldn't matter. You know, because that's what I wanted to say. That if whatever number of percentage of Georgians voted for Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. who is a moron, as you've said, quoting you, he said, we're living in such weird times that there was a, a, a of the three point something million people that voted half of them almost half of them 48 percent voted for herschel walker those people would not care as donald trump so famously said he could shoot a guy on fifth avenue and he was right and it would nothing sticks to him so it doesn't matter if he's charged or convicted well, just imagine. Oh, no, 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 no. Other than the fact that he could go to jail. So who well, there's that. Who gives a shit what his backers think it would be fun. It would be funny. But even that election yesterday in Georgia, not to get too deep into it, I think a lot of people there voted along party lines because the Senate is so close. But, hey, we'll never know. But, you know, here's another thing. So the very day that the Trump organization, you know, is charged or convicted on on all those counts, Fox News announces that um, Tucker Carlson's going to release a two-part series on Biden family corruption and grifting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, really? That's so good. It's just such a disgusting game down there. Danny, what were we going to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, earlier, I was just going to say nothing sticks to Trump. Don't forget that there was the uh, the university lawsuit or whatever. The, all the, that, the yeah. Trump University, all those, those things that happened before he or as he was getting into politics or getting into being president. That didn't stick to him. That didn't hold anything back. And then so. the fact that Tucker Carlson, how does he even look in the camera with a straight face when, you know, again, you know what, I got to. <laughs> with the Ivanka and uh, what's her fucking guy uh, Justin? I know, I know. You know when we they keep saying that. Th- you know if there if there is Biden grifting and there's Biden corruption, great, fine, let's expose it. Yes, but if you care so much about the crimes of 
you know, um, methods of grifting and corruption, well, then you should care about the Trump family, too. If you really care about the issue. Okay, yeah, and that's what I mean. How could you look in, this, in the camera with a straight face and talk about the Biden's uh, fuckery without talking also about the three quarters of a billion dollars that Ivanka and Jared came out of the White House with. And that's the other thing. The difference between Hunter Biden and his laptop is that he wasn't working for the government. They were. Anyway, but we digress. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, and that works both ways, too. I mean, not as bad as Fox, but... You know, well, listen, if if CNN were doing an expose mm-hmm. on grifting and conning the American public, they would certainly present both sides of the story. You know, like I said, this yeah. happened yesterday. I, I looked on the Fox website. I can barely find it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, no, no, no. I know you have to scroll you way have to down. Scroll way down. It's just when really it was probably the biggest story of that next to the runoff. Yeah. Um, um, but I said to Fred Dan, um, I said to Fred Dan before the show that we really are living in a completely different set of rules. The paradigm is so different. And what I was referring to is, you know, take any one of those stump speeches they're called that Herschel Walker delivered, whether it was the China air or the fact that he would rather be a werewolf than a vampire. Like any number of those things, when we were a bit younger, not that long ago, in the last 20 years, maybe 30 going back to the Clinton era, any number of those things would have been enough where people would have gone, okay, well, that's fucking cute. But I, you know, I said to Fred, it's, those are the kind of things that the parody candidates used to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd see yeah. these guys go out and run. You know, it's people that knew they had no chance, but they just said shit. Vote for me because I'm for werewolves and not vampires. Like that would have been something comical you'd see on the Saturday Night right. Live or something. But that's an actual serious candidate for the U.S. Senate. Um, although we are turning a corner here, to his credit, he got up last night, a very close race, and uh, conceded. Oh, that is big, yes. Cause and that was, a, that was a point made last night. Isn't it something when concession is a big story now? Yes, that's, that's it used true. used to be, hey, we're the guy lost, yeah. he stands up and concedes. Okay, next. Now it's like, oh my goodness, he's going to concede. Yeah. It's like, Wow. And because Carrie Lake still lost uh, Arizona for the governorship and she still hasn't conceded. Another thing, Dan, I said, uh, Freddie, was, you know, again, if a sitting or former president had called for the termination of the Constitution, that would be enough. Like, (laughs) I don't know why that doesn't, you know, those are the kind of things that would have been talked about on the news every day. Former president came out today and decided that he wants a do-over for the 2020 election and to suspend the Constitution. But we're living, I, t- yeah, just it just gets, I can tell you that came out only three or four days ago, December 4th. And it's already been, it's just, it's already gone. It's just gone now. It's, it's odd. It's odd to me that over over these bunch of years that Trump has been part of you know the pop culture and uh, you know whatever the Republicans have been doing, which has a strong Christian base. Base. It, it used to be that lying was a sin. You don't. You know that's you, you're trying for truth as much as possible. You know, like skirting the issue. And now lying is there's nothing wrong with lying anymore. That's the example that they're setting in the states. For oh, all, it's part of the game. Oh, sweet, part, naive a, Dan. <laughs> well, I don't know. You teach your kids, you know, you know, no, like I brought up, you know, you don't lie. The lying is wrong. 
Sure, it was one well, of somehow the... Somehow uh, it turned into not a problem for everyone in power. I just don't... Well, I, I don't well it's certainly that. not been a problem for the... Uh, I, don't, I don't want to get into religion because I know that you still enjoy God on some level. But... Uh, well, well yeah. You talk about family and kids. You remember Kirk Cameron? You, yes. Would, yeah, of course. Uh, what, whatever show he was on. Was that Alan Thick? Uh, sitcom as a kid. Yes. Anyway, there's a big, again, Fox News, a big issue now. He's written a new children's book that celebrates family, faith, and biblical wisdom. Yeah. And it's been rejected by a lot of school boards. And you can't have that because these school boards are actually encourage a kid to, um, you know, come to terms with their gender and all that stuff. You know, sure. That's in the news now. But family, faith, and biblical wisdom. I'm telling you, my kid goes to a school. I don't even want a fucking Bible in the school. I don't want him to touch it. I don't want him to look at it. I yeah. don't. Because to me, that's evil. That's more evil than the, any of the other shit that Fox News takes exception with. Or that whole evangelical right. Sure. Cause, cause it's it doesn't like, belong in a school. A Bible does not belong in a school. And again, that's changed where, you know, the predominant, you know, Christian religion in Canada too, Protestant and, and the fact that there was Bible and the Lord's Prayer. But, you know, now we've kind of come to the point where we're, we've moved on that which Lord, when people tell me, you know, oh, I've been praying to God, you know, my first reaction is which God were you praying to? But, um, yeah, I mean, well, I moved away from my point, though, is that your even point if you, you have this uh, religious structure and part of it is a moral and ethical code that, you know, is that's part of the, you know, the commandments yes. or whatever, that, that, that they somehow have, have, regardless of whether or not religion is evil or whatever, it's within the confines of their denomination, they've set yes. it up so that, you know, lying is wrong. That's the point. Okay, is Dan, I get it. No, 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 I get it. I get it. I wasn't, I wasn't disputing that. What you said, I totally agree. The the hypocrisy is something else. Every night that Laura Ingraham looks in the camera with that horse face, with a, <laughs> with a with a cross around her neck, yeah, and she's a vile, evil, sure, bigoted. She lies every rotten, night. Rotten human being. Being. By the way, uh, there's the cross on her, yeah. you know, on her little necklace. By the way, horse face also a, a great porn title if you're looking for. <laughs> Um, listen, uh, Dan, no, I, I agree. It's hypocrisy and they shouldn't lie, but they do. And the, the thou shalt not do a lot of shit that uh, thou shalt do that people are thou are doing. Um, but listen, fellas, we got to wrap this show up. We've got another show tomorrow. We can get all excited again. But uh, quickly, you saw in the news that Cosby NBC. No. Sexual assault, assault charges. Yeah. A new law, I think, in New York City where you can now the statute of limitations is off. So all these lawsuits against NBC, people that actually worked on the Cosby show now, women have come out. They didn't. They thought too much time had gone by. Mm. But now that this law has changed, all these accusations, people that were actually on the show now that were assaulted by him. Of course, they deny it. Something else. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I've got a funny little clip here I've been saving all week for you guys. Because, uh, again, there's been so much stuff. We didn't even talk about mm. more uh, Kanye and I love Hitler. Hitler was a great guy. Uh, and uh, this is a clip from Bill Burr. Uh, this came, this is like a, a 2017 clip of Bill Burr talking about Kanye. Okay. Next time Kanye's going off on himself, I'm telling you, just close your eyes, forget it's him, and really listen to what is coming out of this guy's mouth. He says like I'm a genius. I'm a god, I'm Shakespeare. 
My biggest regret is I'll never get to see myself perform live. That's a direct quote. My biggest regret is I'll never get to see myself perform live. Dude, you put that ego in a white dude that is it benign in the season. What's the blitzkrieg? What's the superior race? And I, I saw that, and at the same time, somebody somebody sent me a clip of uh, somebody's uh, Twitter from uh, some 2018. Somebody said, highly recommend getting off the Kanye train before it inevitably reaches the Hitler was a good guy stop, <laughs> which it did this past weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's too much. You know, well, in just one other story, Jennifer Valentine has uh, yes. spoke to the media about the chorus uh, entertainment. Uh, what do you call it? Their conclusion that their investigation into the Derringer situation has been concluded. And yes. She says she's not surprised because uh, she really didn't take part either because no, management was not being investigated on any level. So she wasn't interested in. <laughs> So, again, so many of those guys breathing a sigh of a relief who actually enabled that guy. Imagine that. Didn't talk to Jackie. Didn't talk to Colleen. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk to Jennifer Valentine. Well, they wanted to. But only as a witness, not as a victim. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we'll be doing some emails tomorrow. And uh, thanks to uh, everyone that uh, tuned in. Thanks to Mary Jo Eustace and the podcast X's and uh oh's. The episode with Strombo uh, will be released this evening and uh, it's produced lovingly by our friend uh, Toronto Michael Boone. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails. Some make it to the Thursday show. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and my dog is sick as a dog, so I gotta go. No. Enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? I got tables and a microphone.